Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live, the big match preview. It's Thursday, the 14th of April. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at The Valley is Tom Wallen. How are you doing, Tom? Not bad, thanks, Louis. Excellent stuff. On tonight's show, it's a packed show. We're going to look back at uh, something that happened four years ago this very day. And we're going to discuss uh, our, our favourite memories of that day, that promotion day up at Carlisle. And our memories of that season as a whole. And we're going to try and compare it to this season and see see how it compares we're going to talk about Ahmed Kashi making his return to uh, to the uh, Cholton side the under 21s he played for the other day we're going to talk about something that made me that, that tickled me on Twitter earlier an email that someone got from the club to talk about the Upbeats walk which is coming up on Saturday talk about the Proud Valiants they had their first meeting uh, after the, the, the game the other day we're going to talk about uh, and then, of course, we're going to look ahead to uh, this Saturday's game with Derby, hearing from Jose Riga and discussing the potential protest ideas with uh, Card because they've released a video today. We're going to try and guess what their protest is, is related to. But, um, yeah, as I said at the top of the show, yeah, um, everyone's seeing it coming up on their, their Time Hop apps and whatnot and on, on Twitter and, and on Instagram briefly <laughs> today, uh, four years ago to the day since, since that wonderful day when we got promoted at Carlisle. Seems, seems a lifetime ago now, doesn't it? It does, it really does. Um, yeah, what an incredible day for the club. Obviously, League One isn't somewhere we ever wanted to be in the first place, but we were down there, and deservedly so, really. Um, uh, we'd been down there for, what, two two seasons and, and struggled, and Powell came in and just completely transformed the, not just the side, but the club as well. Got that feel-good factor back around the club. Got in players that knew what it meant to play for the club. Players with something to prove, and yeah, we we walked it really, didn't we? It was yeah. it was not a difficult season, and just yeah, fantastic day to go up to Carlisle and, and get that win. What were your memories of, of the day yourself? You weren't able to go to the game yourself. No, it was back when I was working on weekends, unfortunately. So um, I'd managed to wangle it so I could finish at three o'clock that day. Um, and I just legged it back to my parents' house and just followed it on fi- uh, final score. Obviously saw the goal go in, um, and that was that. I don't remember much of the evening, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I just rounded up my mates in Cambridge. It, you know, they support all manner of clubs, and I said, it doesn't matter, we're going out. Um, but yeah, it was just amazing. When when it flashed up and said Bradley Wright Phillips had scored that goal, I just knew. And yeah, a lot of it was then following on Twitter, probably yourself and other people who uh posting photos from the ground and on yeah. the pitch and and everything it was just just incredible because you know i was i was around for the 98 playoff final but i wasn't at wembley i was only seven or eight years old um so it was the first time really i've been old enough to appreciate what something like that means to happen to this club and uh yeah it was just a dream can you remember what your reaction was at exactly the moment that full-time result flashed up um, not only at at Carlisle, but I think Sheffield Wednesday were away at Colchester that day. Yeah, so I think, if I'm right, I think I was finished first. Yeah, definitely, and, um, yeah. I, so I remember that being secure, and I just remember sitting right on the edge of my parents' sofa, just waiting for that final whistle to come in, constantly refreshing Twitter, just waiting and waiting and waiting. And I think on 
the telly they were waiting as well and then as soon as that whistle went in it was just uh, you just don't know what to do with times like that it was just incredible and uh yeah that was it i was i was off i was opening a beer and just just <laughs> celebrating yeah <laughs> my uh my personal experiences of that day it's like slightly different are we uh i made a i made a conscious decision at some point I think around Christmas I was going to go to pretty much every game for the rest of the season. And the only away game I didn't get to was the um, the Chesterfield one, which was uh, supposed to be on the Saturday. And I was yep. in I was in Chesterfield before it got called off. I was uh, so I couldn't go to that game. We got rearranged on the Tuesday night. But um, yeah, I went I went to everyone. But the uh, the way the way you could get a cheap ticket on the train to Carlisle was to get the seven thirty out of St Pancras. Oh, wow. I was leaving I was leaving uh, I was leaving sort of Bromley about half five in the morning to make sure I get up to St Pancras in time. Yeah, uh, into straight into the pub off in Carlisle about eleven o'clock. Then we we strolled over to I think it was a rugby club right next to the the the, the football grounds. We had a couple of pints in there into the ground. Uh, not our best performance of the season by any not stretch. At all, by I the think, sound yeah, of yeah. I mean, looking back at the uh, the highlights today, actually, Carlisle hit the post at some point during the first half as well. You know, we were we weren't playing well. And then I remember Bradley Wright Phillips in the last twenty minutes or so, we started to turn it on. Bradley Wright Phillips had a one on one, which were never his forte actually, and he missed no. it one on one. And you're just thinking, oh, it's just not going to be our day. But then this, the corner comes over, headed down in, into the danger zone, and there he is, Bradders to uh, <coughs> to, uh, to, to to tap it home. And the, the celebrations, and then then there's that sort of nervous way. I think after that, Carlisle didn't really look like they were going to come back into it. Just waiting for full time, but it's a nervous way looking at the scores around the grounds. Because like I said, I think Sheffield Wednesday were at Colchester, and that, that they they had gone one 0 down early doors, ended up getting back to one all, and then you were just waiting, and then our, our final whistle went, and there was um and people started gathering down the front for a pitch invasion, <laughs> which normally <coughs> so that, that's the sort of thing I'd be right at the front of that enjoying. Yeah. But it's just I just I, in my mind I thought if I go on that pitch, then that's a sure fire sign. Sheffield Wednesday will get yeah. a winning goal and yeah, I'll look yeah. like an idiot so I, I, it was, it, I wasn't in that moment a lot of people were though they were straight onto the pitch and hugging all the players and, and, you, and you can't blame them I, I was waiting for that um, that moment uh, and the the sort of uh, phone signal was a bit bitty when it come, when it came to uh, the internet so I, was, uh, I right. thought the, the best way to do it was to ring my, my dad and he was sitting down watching Sky I was just trying to say, like, oh, is it done yet? Is it done yet? And he was talking for about 30 seconds, a minute, and then it turns to two minutes. This game was going on forever. And he finally says, yeah, he finally says, oh, it's coming, it's coming, we're up. And then we just hung up the phone and every, like, started the cheering in the away end. And people back onto the pitch again, and oh, it's just such a such a special moment, and it, and it reminds you exactly what you know we've we've forgotten it recently because it's been rubbish around it. But it reminds you exactly what supporting a club can be like. Yeah, I think what what those two stories both show is you, even if you weren't at the games, a, me- a memory like that you just remember where you were. It doesn't yeah. matter what you were doing; you could have been doing the most random thing. You know, Sue often talks about being in the bath with, when results come <laughs> yeah. in, but with something as important as that with a club like ours, you just remember exactly where you were and. Like I say, we haven't had many days like that over the last few years, and it was just such an incredible achievement. Yeah. And with Powell in charge as well, it was just such a such a good feeling around the club. And like you say, unfortunately, over the last four years, we've just lost that bit by bit. Yeah, digging through the uh, the old photos today as well as, as were a lot of people um, l- looking at the old photos. And the, the the club put up on Instagram a photo of the the one of the famous uh, change room celebration photos. It's a wonderful photo. Uh, and you know it, any other season they put that one up and everyone everyone would just be able to enjoy it but it's just the timing I think they got a fair few comments and had to take it down because no, no one can just enjoy that knowing, knowing very well that all, all that hard work that we've done four years ago is, is about to be wiped away yeah it's difficult isn't it and and you don't want to tarnish that either it's, it's really nice as a fan to go back and revisit it but at the same time maybe posting it 
at a time where we don't necessarily feel that way anymore it's difficult because you don't want to look back at it and think oh that's what we were there and mm. look what we are now you want that to be remembered as a really good time in the club's history and you know we're going to have more well you would hope we're not going to be in league one forever you know and we will be we, in league two soon enough yeah exactly so <laughs> and then we can win the conference at some point <laughs> yeah i was looking so like I, said, I, was, I was looking back at my own personal photos today uh to try and find a couple to, to put up on them on uh, on Twitter and that, and uh, dis- uh, reminded me of uh, starters. There was about a twenty minute wait after the full time whistle went, and we we knew we got promoted and everyone was on the pitch. And the, the players all went off, and we had to wait maybe twenty minutes, half an hour before they came back out. And I think the the announcements were even saying that the police were telling us that they weren't going to come back out. Right. And the the thousand or so of us up there were like, we're not having this, and we all waited and waited and waited until they until they did come out. And it was such a special moment where you saw the. Uh, uh, the players all lifting up and hoisting Chris Powell above their heads uh, and then all dancing with the fans and with the banners and ha- having those those really special photos done. Uh, and, and then we all eventually, we all had to slope back to get towards Carlisle train station to get the last train back into London uh, via the pub, of course. And then that's, that's when you get a chance to check your phone and you get all the congratulatory messages from fans of, of other clubs and, and your mates and stuff, which was always nice. Um, and then, uh, yeah, drinks on the way home. Uh, I remember... We all like when you when you get the train, you have your, your seats that you're supposed to sit in. But there was just one, there was a few carriages that Charlton had just taken over, and we all moved into those ones, the party carriages, uh, sitting around sharing drinks and foods with all all people you don't know, but all Charlton fans. And Seb Lewis coming down from me. I was looking back through some of his photos the other day. Actually, he uh, he he was in first class, but he he took a break to come down and do the worm for us in uh, in cattle <laughs> class and oh, it's of course he did such a special special day and I remember getting off the train and bumping into you know Charlton fans I know and talking about the uh, how how special the day it was and listening to the Chris Powell interview and you know it was, it was his mum's birthday which I put a tweet up about today wishing her a happy birthday just as a gentle little nudge back to that that special day for us and so so many good memories can come out of one specific day but that whole season was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And um, as I say, I worked Saturdays that season, so I wasn't here a huge amount. But I remember coming that first game we had against Bournemouth. And, um, uh, you know, I'd followed the team through the summer and I'd seen the signings come in. But if I'm being honest, there were very few names I recognised. And I'm sure that was the same for a lot of fans. You know, there weren't players that had been there the season before. We didn't really know a lot of the players. And we just turned on this fantastic <coughs> performance you know, won comfortably. I remember Wiggins getting booed because he was back against his old club and straight away there were players there and you just had a feeling that they were players that you were going to learn to learn to love. And and yeah, that was the start of the season really. And then obviously we went on and we, we beat Huddersfield and stopped their million game unbeaten mm-hmm. run. And um, we obviously went to Fulham in the FA Cup, which, okay, the game itself was, was bad in terms of the result, but that was such a fantastic day as well. Um, that was another one I was able to make and just a really good memory as well. And then obviously finishing the season, um, unfortunately I, I missed this one at Hartlepool again because I was at work, but what a special day to, to have the trophy here and to see the stadium full and absolutely rocking and to finish with a goal who from a player who arguably became the biggest cult hero at the club over the last sort of five, ten years was just the icing on the cake, you know, to finish with such a spectacular goal in the final game of the season where we've won the league, you know, you couldn't really make it up and it was just a, a fairy tale end to such an amazing season. And yeah, you you were right to pinpoint at the start there, that Bournemouth game on the first day of the season. Now I wasn't here, I was on holidays, one of the very few games I've missed recently. Um, but everyone said that, you know, as, as you said, we had all these signings that were unheard of, and people went to the game saying they they were having to look at the back of the program to work out who was who. But the, the fact it just clicked so well. Uh, and anyone remember the season before we played Bournemouth on the first day? And we beat them one 0 but it's a really 
lacklustre performance and, and sort of set us up for the rest of the year, really. But that that day, everything came came together and we played so well. All the players were going. Dale Stevens scored. He's as a new player. Scott Wagstaff scored an absolute screamer. Yeah, it, 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 just, it just felt like it, the start of something special. It did, yeah. And and as I say, you know, it's difficult because now we're obviously looking back on it with hindsight now and thinking, you know, was it always meant to be? But I remember at the time on that day. There was just that feel around the club, you know, and and you came to the ground and the weather was lovely and it was a nice day and you had the new the new season shirt on and you had all these new players and there was such a positive outlook going forwards and and it was just so great that the team you know managed to carry that through and actually perform to the expectations because I don't know how other fans feel but I come here most seasons with that sort of uh, you know optimism. try and feel that optimism yeah. and you think right why can't we this be our season you know I did it this year and you look back at the results like Hull early on in the season you know that was a really warm day you're down here we get a last minute goal we've got a really good informed side and you think that then as well and it was just so great that that we managed to do it that year and, and as I say we haven't had many times like that but um, yeah it was just a, such an incredible season a lot of special players that come out of that team as well you, we've mentioned the likes of Jan or whatever you've got Morrison you've got you know, people that, that, that may have been forgotten like Taylor uh, Leon Court played so well that season Pritchard there's so, so many names that just uh, were they, they just so clarify almost exactly what that that team was about, and, and just don't you just don't see those sort of characters these days. Do no, you? exactly, and and that's what I said. Power was there to create a team of of players who had something to prove. You know, and I think he even said that himself, and they were his words at the start of the season. But I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he did. And you know, he got players in some of them even who had been at the club before and had something to prove to the club. Others that had something to prove to themselves. But when they they went out there, they worked so hard for each other and so hard for the fans as well and I, you know I don't know if it's just because I'm a Charlton fan but in the past this club has always seemed to have quite a unique or weird depending on how, <laughs> how you look at it relationship between the players and fans and that season in particular and I suppose with the the increase in popularity of social media the players seemed so accessible to us and you were able to communicate with them and you were able to meet them after the game and obviously that comes from positive spirit as well and the mood that they are all in but it was just such a such a club effort to all pull together and, and every single person, including the fans and the staff at the club and everyone played their part in getting promoted that year. And uh, and yeah, we pulled it off. Yeah, we showed a, a, quite a nice ability to grind out wins towards the end of the season as well. And people are, some people you see are Arsenal fans mainly moaning about Leicester winning 1-0 quite a lot recently. We had we had three 1-0s in a row against Oldham uh, with nine men against Walsall at home and away, and away at Carlisle that done it. And there was... There was um, a fair few results like that Bournemouth one there was, we, we, we had this certain steel about us towards the end of that season yeah you look at the two Sheffield results as well back in January back to back and they were two teams both fighting for promotion as well and we, we beat them both 1-0 and you know it, it doesn't matter what the score is a win's a win and like you say we had that we had that sort of ability to just dig our heels in and get those results and you know Jacko was a few years younger and, and he was just such a formidable leader and him and Powell together and you know, you, you talk about a, a lot this season. We've talked about the lack of leadership on the pitch, but all the way back to Hamer in goal, you know, he was a leader. Morrison was a leader at the back. Jackson was a leader in midfield. Kermigant was a leader up front and Powell was a leader on the bench. And you had that. That was basically our spine of, of the whole club and they just kept us ticking over. And, and Bradley Wright Phillips as well, really, because obviously Kermigant didn't come in until halfway through the season. And, you know his contribution shouldn't go unnoticed. I know he struggled once we got into the championship, but he was a massive player for us when we were in League One, and just getting all kinds of goals and just keeping us ticking over, really. And and yeah, that's the kind of the personalities that we've just missed recently. 
Yeah, so yeah, here we are, four years on, and it, it, it does. It just feels like I mean, it was such a struggle to get out of League One last time. It took us it took us three seasons. The first season we came close in the playoffs, where you know, part, you know, people, he had his knockers certainly, but Parkinson done a good job in that in that first season in League One uh, with with next to no money uh, to to get us into the playoffs. Perhaps um, perhaps could you know unlucky against Swindon that that, that game. Uh, the, the next year, we, that's when we really started to struggle. We had the, we had the the takeover where Slater and, and Jimenez came in. They, they brought in their own man, Powell, and you know, it, it, the, the, what happened the next season. It was so so close to being the start of something so special because you know we we, we got promoted. Chris Chris done so well to to put together a team. You know, people people were all, people often talk about Chris Powell's tactics, but he's eye for a player. Is 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 the reason that we we got so far up that season? One hundred and one yeah. points is one one of the highest ever t- league totals. Um, and then some something went on behind the scenes there, and it, and it feels like the, the the cash run out because uh, of cash, and, and um, yeah. then and then all of a sudden we're in trouble. We're starting you're starting in the championship where, where again we've struggled at times, but Chris has done well enough to to turn it around towards the end of the season and a very respectable finish in ninth with. A stagnant squad, and then and then we had the same issue at the start of the next season. We we we'd had over two years. We've made about two signings, and we and and it finally caught up with us. An aging squad, a squad that had no freshness to it. We were getting caught out there, and you know Chris Powell was under pressure, and we was and we were struggling towards the bottom of the league. We we probably had enough just about to stay up. Don't forget, we had we had four games in in hand when we stayed up, and we stayed up with mainly a Chris Powell team. When when Jose came in, he didn't often play many of the. Uh, yeah. Of of the the standardly aged players, he, uh, Jose kept us up as, uh, but um, yeah, we 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 didn't we 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 started off at this point where where Chris Powell was there and we, and we had the chance to build on something to turn it into something really special and even with Roland you know with Roland's money, it didn't it doesn't have to be the way it has been but he he, he got rid of Chris Powell he bought he's bought in all these names but he's made all these different changes. And turned us into a laughing stock, and you just think four years ago we're on we're on the brunt of becoming something special, and now we've just been turned into an absolute joke. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I don't uh, many people listening might have heard it already, but there was an interview on Colin Murray meets um, with Chris Powell about a couple. It must have been a couple of months after he'd been sacked, so in the spring of that season. And um, I urge everyone to go and listen to it because he's very honest. He obviously can't talk about everything that happened at the club, but he just explains how, you know, it was a miracle to finish ninth. And he went to the board and he said, look, we finished ninth. If I get the right players in now, we can really make a push at the Premiership or Premier League. And there was just no money. And they said, well, your budget's going to be halved. And this, this was halved from effectively nothing in the first place. And he knew at that point, at the start of that second season, he said, right, well, we're going to struggle then. And yeah, we did. But like you say, we had four games in hand at the time because we were on a good cup run and because of the state of the pitch and we'd had games postponed. But we had a, we still had a real chance to get out of that. And Jose came in and showed that actually we could get out of that. But yeah, like you say, he's a new owner. He chooses to make, you know, bring in his own personnel, which is understandable. Lots of owners do. But what I find difficult with that particular decision is this wasn't just a change of personnel for the owner's reasons and it wasn't just one manager out and one manager in this was a manager who had a real affiliation to the club it'd be like a new owner coming into Man United and trying to get rid of Sir Alex or something this, you know it wasn't just a manager it was Chris Powell and he meant a lot more to this club than just being a manager so it was a strange decision but that's the way he's gone and you know we go back to that Catrian comment about every decision was the right one but you look at it now, four years on, we're about to be plummeted back down to a league that Powell had worked so hard to get out of. And a, 
I struggle to understand how you can justify all those changes and say that each one was the right one because arguably every signing that's come in and every manager that's come in, irrespective of their supposed quality as a as an individual, we're going back down to League One and rightly so because we haven't been good enough. So there you go, four years to the day since that, that victory up at Carlisle got us up from League One to the Championship, we're on the very brink of going back down the other way due to awful mismanagement of the club. We'll be back in uh, a minute or so. We're going to talk about the man in this ident. to Charlton Live it's the big match preview here uh, on, on your Thursday evening we're going to look ahead to the game with Derby uh, towards the end of the show sorry if we sound a bit quiet today by the way there's a meeting going on right next door <laughs> so we're trying not to, trying to, to keep it down. yeah trying not to talk over them we share the uh, the uh, the rooms here uh, at least to the trust so they're uh, having, having their meeting there today some sort of child protection thing or something mm. they, 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 I heard they, Savile's name do they alright yeah. so, right, so we know what they're talking about <laughs> <laughs> they do um, they do such good work the trust and we're going to talk about uh, something related to the trust coming up because on Saturday the Upbeats are doing their walk to to the uh, to the uh, the valley from the training ground. So we're going to talk about that and tell you how you can donate towards the Upbeats, a really fantastic uh, organisation, and uh, a couple of Charlton Live members are doing that walk. So we'll talk about that. But as you just heard, you, you just heard there the uh, the commentary from Alex Stedman and, and Greg Stubley of when uh, Ahmed Kashi scored that that absolute wonder goal uh, on the day before my birthday uh, at Peterborough at the start of the season. Um, and uh, just at the point where we thought everything was going well uh, he's been a huge miss he's been out injured since September and uh, he's been a big miss hasn't he yeah we were so positive back then weren't we it was a market difference from from how fans are reacting now but um, yeah I'm trying to remember I think I must have seen him play once or twice but there were a couple of games near the start of the season I missed so I'm not sure how many times I've actually seen him play live but yeah just from everything I've heard and, and from clearly seeing the you know the game since he was such a big part of that mm. that midfield so tenacious and just really running things and that goal at, at uh, Peterborough kind of epitomised that you know to that's the sort of star quality that we've just missed in yeah. ever since really I remember after seeing him play against Southend in the pre-season the game we lost 2-1 but I remember I think, I've got think he probably only played the first half but I remember very cockily picking him out, saying, right, I've, I've picked out two players at the start of the season, him and Cabellos, and obviously like 50% is not bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and saying, I remember the way the way he moved the ball, I was I was very impressed with his work rate, and um, yeah, picked him out. And then after the, the QPR game at the start of the season, which I missed because it was at a wedding, but someone started a thread on the forum about how well he played, and I was feeling really smug about that. And uh, yeah, since that, that injury, I mean... We've had an injury crisis this season, and, and Ahmed, he made his return to the under-21s, but it's just going to be too little too late, isn't it? Yeah, and um, I think we've seen, even as you say, there's been other injuries as well, and you've seen in recent weeks just how how much of a difference having Cousins and Diara back in the midfield has been, because we have been better in recent weeks, and OK, I'm sure Riga himself has played a part in that, but you know, to have a solid 
reliable midfield with some experience in there has has been vital and we just haven't had that enough this season and you'd argue probably that Kashi maybe Kashi and Diara would have been the best two or Kashi Diara and Cousins in a three in there but when you when you say that it sounds great but I think if if you or I or any of the fans or Charlton Live members were to write down you know their starting 11 based on the squad we've got now I wonder if at all they would have played together this season maybe once or twice and that just goes to show just how big a part injuries have played but you know we can use that as an excuse but we're going to come back and say you know what the squad wasn't built enough to cope with that anyway so that's not good enough but yeah Cashy's just been a huge miss and and it will be great to see him back hopefully he'll get a couple of games before the end of the season but then it's whether he's going to stay or not because you would think based on his quality that he wouldn't have any trouble sort of bossing the league in in the division yeah. below there've been a few quotes throughout the season about the, the size of the squad uh, one from Carol Fry, I remember asking him, I can't remember what game it was, but we asked him and he said, well, you can only play 11 players at a time, yeah. which is a proper public, Sunday public answer that yeah. is. And then there's uh, something from Roland, and I can't remember exactly where he quoted it, but something along the lines of he doesn't like to have too big a squad. Mm, yeah, he, I, remember uh, that. I, think, I think it was when he did the interview with the club, he doesn't like to have too big a squad because uh, you can't keep everyone happy. So if someone's being kept out of the squad, they're going to get mm. sad. But I mean, that, that is sure, that is a fact of football, that, that the teams have squads and, and players know fully well that, that sometimes they have to wait their turn if they're not playing well and, and this and that. Um, Absolutely. Be- because we, we've been left to, to rely on kids. And, and you know, I was, I was just, again, uh, I was uh, caught up with listening to a, a little snippet from, from the Fulham game earlier on. So I have it on my iPod, um, and I just listened to bits of it, and there, there were names in there like Mikhail Kennedy. Like, I mean, that kid's about nineteen. Yeah, there's yeah. No, I mean, de- decent player, and he plays for the the, the Republic of Ireland under twenty ones or the Northern Ireland under twenty ones. Yeah. Can't remember which one. And sure enough, he's going to be a, a good player when when it comes to it. But he's, he's what just turned eighteen. Yeah, I mean, it's oh. it's too young to be chucked in. I mean, look, look what we've done to Carla now. He's he's completely a shadow of what the potential he had. Yeah, completely right. And I think. Um yeah, you can only play 11 and you, and Roland is right that you don't want to upset other members of the squad, but that comes down to good management. Look at Leicester and Spurs and the way Spurs switch their fullbacks almost every game, but they don't mind stepping out for a game or two if somebody else is well, good enough to come in. Look at people like Ojoa or Ogazaki not playing every game yeah. for Leicester up front, but they're going to be part of a title winning side because yeah. of it. All they have to worry about, they, they get pizza after every now and then, yeah. that's, all, that's all they need. Yeah, that's all they need. But, um, and one of the things actually me and Naif mentioned on the show that we did last week was, you know, Carroll wasn't good enough for, for this league, we know that, but what we did say is look at the squad he had to work with at the time. He was having to play people like Regan Charles-Cook, like Tariq Holmes-Dennis, like Mikhail Kennedy, and, you know, it's just not fair on those players because I'm not saying that they're bad players at all, but they're just too young to have to be relied upon in championship football because it's one of the most competitive leagues in Europe. Just because it's the second tier doesn't make it any less competitive. I'm- players say that this this league is more, I mean obviously you, you do it at your own level but this yeah. this league is more difficult than than the Premier League because there's so many teams yeah. every team I'd say I'd say there's there'd probably be 15 teams at the start of the season to fancy themselves yeah. to, to, well, to be in and around the playoffs look how we turned over Borough the other week you know and look how we turned over Hull at the start of the season and they're two teams that are hoping to get promoted now and Look how we've started against Brighton as well, you know. Even we're second bottom and we've been awful for most of the season, but even we've been able to pull out those results and anyone can beat anyone. But for me, it comes down to having a squad that's competitive enough, not just a first eleven, and then having a manager who's capable enough to manage those personalities. And 
he says he doesn't want players to get upset because they're not playing but Tony Watt was clearly upset about something and he's just binned him out so you get personalities in and that's another thing t- going back to Chris Powell he got players in that weren't like that he got players in that were happy to accept they were part of a squad because it is a squad game and they were going to play their part and they knew that they were appreciated irrespective of whether they were playing five games a season or 20 games well, a season. That all comes down to the sort of characters when, you, when you're scouting for players. And I mean, yeah. we know Chris Powell, uh, well, uh, Andy Kirby was always very studious about what sort of player he wanted to bring into the club and how special this club is and, and what, is, what it means to play for Charlton. And obviously Chris Powell was taught by... Yeah, Joe, by uh, by Alan, so by Alan Kirby. So he, he had a similar sort of f- uh, thing to that. If you if you look at the way we scout players now, which is main, I mean, we don't even chief scout Phil Chapel. He quit because he had nothing to do. Like yeah. he was, he wasn't like being listened to. It, it seems like um, you know, I, I spoke to Carol once, and he he was bemoaning like even he was, which is ironic. He was <laughs> bemoaning the way that we scouted players. Yeah, because he, he says it's mainly done by video and and. And stats. I mean, stats. Uh, stats that look good in the Juniper League, wherever it's called, over in Belgium. Oh, look! You got eighty-seven percent pass accuracy. Well, it's not going to be the same in Championship because it's a much, much more difficult league. Exactly. But- and you, someone like Phil Chappell as well. The beauty of having him as head scout was obviously he was around during Kerbishley's era as well, so he knows about what it means to be to be Charlton. And we talked about that side that won League One and how that felt. And I said after the Birmingham game recently that that was the first time this season or maybe certainly since the early games of the season that there was a squad that looked anything like what I would call a Charlton side because there were players in there that were prepared to work hard and and dedicate themselves to this club and you had the likes of Lookman and Igor and Harriet up front. Okay, Igor's a signing but he's been one of the better ones and you can see at the end of the game you could see how much it meant to him to get that result and at the back, you know, Fox, he's been maligned at times and he's not had the best of seasons but you can't say that he doesn't care about this club and he's not prepared to, to work hard. You look at the likes of Teixeira and Goodmanson, you know, they seem to work hard and Teixeira, I think, has been a brilliant signing. But for every one of those, there's been 10 that have come in, like Polish P, like uh, Churam, these players, Christophe Lepoint, all these players that have come in, you know, with these reputations that the, the owners claim are, are good and they've either not appeared or when they have appeared, they've been terrible. And you can't sign players like that in a league like this. You just can't, and especially not for a club like ours with such a, a proud history and such a, such a. You know, we had Kerbishley for a long time, and a lot of clubs don't have a manager like that for a long time. And he built an ethos around this club, and it's just not been, not been upheld now. And and we're seeing the results of that. Yeah, I can't wait till the, uh, the end of the season. We're going to sit down and, and, and write the last couple of shows of the season. And there's definitely going to be one where we try and list all the reasons why we're going down and why yeah. we we'll try and look at individual. We'll end up looking at managers. We'll look at players. We'll look at ethos around the club. I mean, it's probably going to be about a five-hour special. That'd that be show. fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, there, there's so many things that, that tie into it, and that's uh, yeah, that's something to look forward to when we do eventually get uh, mathematically relegated, which we, we can possibly be Bolton. Yeah. It can't be Saturday. It can't be Saturday. Our last show, I thought it possibly could have been Saturday, depending on what happened at Forest, but that that wasn't the case because. Uh, I think there's there's a game between Blackburn and Rotherham. Yeah. I think it's very confusing and, and, and beyond my capabilities. Basically, we can't go down. At the <laughs> yeah, weekend. we can't go down at the weekend anyway. So uh, yeah, so hooray! But yeah. anyway, we're going to be back in 30 seconds or so. Uh, I'm going to tell you something that made me laugh today. So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason. Can't find hope to believe in. Can he get across into the middle? He can. Yeah. This cuts into the top post. Yeah! 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh! With a goal! Yeah! In the 96th minute! Charlton Live. Welcome back. Listen to Charlton Live here. Uh, on the big match preview, looking ahead to the game with uh, Derby County on Saturday. Later on in the show, uh, right, uh, something that made me laugh on Twitter today, <laughs> it did make me laugh, uh, everyone's seen that there's plenty of people now posting up their emails uh, to the, the fans at cfc.co.uk email address, which was set up as a, a way to try and improve communications with fans, clearly. It's working a treat. Yeah, clear, clearly whoever's doing this is, is adding enough now, because, <laughs> I mean, uh, 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 they you have to expect that if you if you're going to set up a, an account like that i mean the 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 trying in trying to improve communications with fans is a it's way too late i mean this should have been done year, a year ago uh, and b like it's it's yeah it, it's beyond it but you you have to realize that Charlton fans aren't aren't going to just like be happy with what you say now it's it's so it's so far beyond the pale that um you have to expect that you're going to get sarky answers back from Charlton fans, and you have to sort of be prepared to deal with that. But basically, um, and, and having the same question asked over and over again, yeah. and uh, I'll put this one up first, actually, because um, uh, it's, it's been at least two weeks since we've played it. So um, uh, a lot of people are asking questions about certain comments that uh, Katrine said uh, on the web summit in Ireland. Let's have a listen back to them. Uh, fans don't see themselves as customers Uh, and so whenever I now get very friendly emails from fans they say get out of our club so it's not the the shareholders club Um, I think it's quite funny because they say they pay obviously the ticketing system is one third of our revenue stream Um, but they they go to their restaurants with their family every week and they go to the cinema but if they're not satisfied with the the product will they go and scream to the people in charge of it? No, they don't but they do it with a football club and that's very weird because they feel a sense of ownership of a football club and that's a really difficult balance is how you try to engage with fans and make them incorporate into into some decisions of the club but I I think it's... I mean, in the end, the bill is paid by somebody else, so he should have the final say. So, um, ever since Roland's statement a few weeks ago, where he <laughs> he moaned that people were using those quotes over and over again uh, to discredit the CEO, and uh, I've decided to play him pretty much every week, <laughs> just for a laugh. And um, uh, Talia uh, is uh, someone I've known for a few years from uh, away games. Uh, she's on my smile and nod list. It's that, that sort of relationship. And... Uh, um, uh, she she sent sent an email asking for clarification about about those comments, which I, I, I'm sure hundreds of people have because they've still never been clarified. Well, Roland did his best. 
uh, to to say what she didn't mean weird. She meant unique. But it's it's, it's the <laughs> it's it's the it's the customers' comment which uh, has riled a lot of people up. Uh, and and Talia had also asked about the fact that a lot of the emails coming away from CFC at uh, whatever it was .co.uk um, seem to be cut and pasted. Uh, and uh, they replied to Tyler. They said, "We read every email and have been replying to everyone that needs a response. Where fans ask us similar questions, there will be similar replies. We also need to reply to an email from yours of the first of April. You ask, can I have an explanation of how Catherine Mayer's uh, comment referring to us as com- as uh, customers have been addressed, please?" The line, and they responded, "The line Miss Mayer used was, I think the difference is also because fans don't see themselves as customers. We don't see how this is something that can be addressed." Now, the wording of that suggests that it's completely unanswerable because it's such nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it comes across. I mean, yeah, it's not the way to deal with it again, is it? You really, we've, um, it's, it's another thing that to add to the, the whole PR issue that's been at this club. You know, they, they brought in a new head of communications to be able to, to deal with these kind of things. They've set up this new email address. Roland's come out with this statement, which means the head of communications left straight away. And so the, I don't know if this email address was supposed to be in conjunction with that, but the answers coming back to fans are now just just not giving the answers. And uh, how's that going to help anyone to give an answer like that? They know it's going to be posted, and they've not even tried to answer it, really. Yeah. They've just kind of dismissed it and said, well, we can't really answer that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can. That's what we need to know. That's that's something that fans have had such a big issue with. And if you really want to protect your CEO and try and defend her, then you need to be able to come up with an answer. And if you're not able to do that, all that proves is that what the fans are saying is right. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if she's back from a holiday yet, actually. It's uh, announced by the Voice of the Valley on Sunday that, that, that she toddled off to Dubai at the, at the business end of the season. It's quite funny. She, uh, it, that was everyone. That was everything everyone was talking about on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, all the emails into the show were about that. I just noticed there was someone on the forum today who seemed to have only noticed today. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> but yeah, He's just but, got back off holiday. Yeah, too. yeah but that, that made me laugh. That, um, that little exchange there where he was just reacting a few, a few, week, a few days later than everyone. I mean, it's just still a few days later, the, the the protests on Saturday on Saturday's game look like they're going to be holiday related. It's still the the, the timing of it. I still can't get my head around. Nah, it's just it's just so <clears> bizarre <throat> and so it comes across as very selfish and quite. It comes across as ignorant almost to not appreciate how that's going to look to fans to disappear off on holiday. And I know certain people f- from the club or you know that no people of the club have posted and said you know she's a member of staff she's welcome to take annual leave when she wants well yeah she is that's fine and i completely understand that but as a a ceo with responsibilities would you if you cared about your position in a club like this would you choose to make that decision of course she can if she wants to you know i could leave the day before we do a relegation chart live but the chances are i would try and be here for it because it's important that little dig at me not being that wasn't supposed to be but as i was saying it i realized what that meant but no um but yeah to, to go away at a time like this it's just it's just not right and um yeah, who knows if she'll be yeah. back or not, but... At least she didn't go and watch Palace, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that was that was not supposed to be, but that yeah. has come across as a massive dig, hasn't it? Basically, uh, in a couple of weeks, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be here on the Sunday because I've agreed to go and work at the FA Cup semi-final. It just so happens that bloody mm. Palace are in it, but... It's very, very weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned it there, and it's something I've tried to avoid for as long as possible because I don't like picking out individuals. Yeah. Like, we won't do names, but... A wife of someone at the clubs is on, a, on just quite quite big on a Facebook group defending. It's a very difficult situation for for both parties involved with that. The the, the person themselves and and 
because he, he's, his his wife has got every right to go onto the forum and, and talk. And obviously, in in the position that the, the, the wife is in, it's a uh, it's uh, it's it's standard fare at every football club that um, uh, some some positions come with season tickets. So yeah. people moaning about him getting in free. That, that's that's standard yeah. at every football club. You get season tickets. Um, so so this but so this person is due, due to her husband's position in, in a very good position to. Speak speak to certain people that a lot of us don't get the chance to speak yeah. to, especially if you're in the in the media these days. You yeah. Know? Uh, so 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 she's spoken to Katrina, and, and she's very defensive. I mean, don't forget that Katrina is a, you know, anyone anyone who spoke to her this time last year, we think she's a very charming person and and speaks very intelligently. Um, about not a great deal, it turns out, because yeah. it turns you know you look at things in hindsight where she was actually just talking nonsense. Yeah. Um, so it is a difficult position for her, and you can you can sort of understand maybe she has been charmed and why she tries to defend her. But should she? Should she in, in this day and age? It's difficult. I um, you know, there are people in in those positions at the club who, through my granddad, who who used to come down to the games with me. I actually know, and you know, I've met I've met certain people in those positions and and spoken to them, and they do come across as lovely people, and and you get on with them. And like you say, there's not a huge amount of people that have access to them. So it is nice to talk to those people behind the scenes and find out how they see the club. But at the same time, I wouldn't feel comfortable then going out and posting certain stuff that I've spoken to them about because it's very personal. And I think it's great to have someone in that position who can find out things and perhaps give us information. But at the same time, I think they need to be careful about what they say because like I say, the club is presumably behind Katrien and her decisions. Otherwise, you know, she wouldn't still be at the club. So presumably they're all on one side. And for someone to then come out and kind of spark a debate, I guess, is, you know, it doesn't doesn't really help the situation yeah. because it's just going to spur fans on to kind yeah. of create an argument. You, you say that the, the club are behind Katrien. I mean, it, it depends on how you define the club. I mean, True. Don't, don't forget, she, she's the boss. She's, she's the head honcho here in, in, in England. She, she's top of the pile. So... It's very it's very difficult for um, for for people to come out and, and, and speak against their own boss. And but yeah. you know you know if, if you look at facts, you look at the, the likes of John Little's leaving at the end of the season. Some people suggest that he he might be unhappy with the way things are going here. Uh, even the even things like the fact that Katrine's holiday is out there suggests that perhaps there's, there's someone in there who wanted who wanted Rick to know. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe Rick just followed her or something. It's unlikely. <laughs> I think um, yeah. It, I completely understand that you're not, as an employee of Charlton, you're not going to come out and speak out against the CEO, and I completely appreciate that, and I'm not sure we'd expect them to. But at the same time, you don't have to go out and defend everything that they do either. you know. And if you disagree with it, that's your opinion. If you agree with it, that's your opinion. But to come out and try and defend it like that, particularly when you know the majority of fans aren't going to agree with your opinion, like I say, it's great to have access to these people and to be able to, to liaise with these people and communicate with them, especially with one of the issues being that communication. But... I think to come out with comments when potentially all they're going to do is cause an argument is is a little bit misguided, as I say. Mm. And uh, yeah, like I say, in terms of stuff being defended, obviously we've got this one person uh, on on Facebook who's quite vocal in it. Um, there's a lot of stuff that gets talked about, and not not a lot of defensive stuff comes out from people within the club. So sometimes you can argue that 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 means that that they're. Um, you know, they 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 don't really feel like defending it almost. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure there there are clearly still people here who are Charlton fans. You know, there are people that have left, but there are still people here who've been here a long time. And irrespective of what they think about certain people, the fact that the club are you know on the brink of being relegated back to League One is going to hurt them. And you know, they can choose to point fingers and look at blame, but at the end of the day, that's not 
that's not what they're worrying about as fans. They're just going to be gutted that we're going going down again. So, yeah, I can, I'm sure there are plenty of people who have their opinions, you know, within the club and and are just not able to say it. And you know, you just got to hope that really that we can try and as many of us can try and pull together and and work with the squad to get ourselves back up again next year. Because, like I said on Sunday, I think when we go down we're really going to see just how impressive that effort by Chris Powell was four years ago because that unity at the moment is just a million miles away from the squad we've got yeah you want to look at for um going forward after after this season if you want to read if you you should guys you guys should check out South London Press website today and look for a piece written by Richard Corley uh, trying trying to look forward and trying to suggest yeah, if, if there's anything, trying to see if there's anything there that suggests that next season has any reason to be any better, and so it's a fascinating piece, but it's, it doesn't make for easy reading because there's nothing in there that suggests that oh, there's no signs of oh, oh look, they've learned that there's nothing. No. So that'll be that'll be interesting, right? We need to cheer ourselves up. Uh, so we're going to talk in 30 seconds or so about a very very worthy cause. It's fair in, lovely touch. Goes around his player, chips across the box. Jackson! Oh, yes! What a goal by Johnny Jackson! Arriving late in the box, Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross, and the skippers give a Charlton the lead. Charlton Live! about Charlton Live here the big match preview looking ahead to Derby shortly just before we go on to talk about the upbeats just want to wish the uh, the women's team good luck in their Ryman Cup final uh, against Spurs tonight they won they won three cups last season um, and not bad going yeah not bad going they're a, a very successful team it's a shame really that um because our phone's not working in the studio, we've, we've really lost contact with them. Because we'd often have a phone call with them on a, on a Sunday evening to, to keep up to date. And unfortunately, we haven't. But um, you know, we're, we're still I still look out for your results, uh, ladies. And I'm glad to see that you're, you're in the cup final again. So I wish you all the best uh, against Spurs this evening. Uh, uh, right, but as I mentioned here, we're we're sort of sharing our space at, at the moment with the trust. They're having a meeting in next door. Uh, a very worthy cause that the the, the trust support and. Um, yeah, uh, they're throwing all their weight behind it for uh, for for Saturdays. The, the Cholton upbeats, which uh, so the 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 Cholton, <coughs> excuse me, football team for for people with Down syndrome, and it's it's just such a good success story and, and such a good feel good story. And one of the many things that I mean, the the, the people in the trust are uh, worldwide recognition. I think they won awards over in America yeah, uh, last yeah. year or the year before. Worldwide recognition from from the guys next door to us, and this this is just one of the things that comes out of it. And 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 the upbeats is just. I mean, I always you always look forward to to the days when they're going to be on the pitch because you can just see that how how much they enjoy coming out and and, and sharing being a Charlton fan. It, yeah, it's it, it's incredible, and it's it's one of those things that despite everything that's happening on the pitch, it's one of those things that still makes you very proud to be a Charlton fan. And like you say, there, you know, as as you know, walk up fans or, or fans that come to games, we really only see those the upbeats on that day when they come out onto the pitch, but. That's you know a culmination of months of hard work and, and enjoy enjoyable stuff behind the scenes that those guys get on with and yeah it's so incredible and you see how much they enjoy it and this walk you know I don't know how long it's been going on but certainly for a few years and you know it's just a great chance to raise some money raise awareness and um, yeah you, you, you know they used, they come in the studio and they've done interviews haven't they before with Pete and Terry and you just see how how much of uh, how much enjoyment they get out of it, and, and full credit to the trust for continuing that hard work. 
Yeah, so the the walk is uh, going on from uh, on this Saturday, 9am, everyone's meeting at the training ground, or meeting there before and leaving at 9am, to walk the nine miles from, from uh, Eltham to, to the valley. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you can, uh, I, I don't think it's, I'm not sure if it's too late to sign up, but if it is too late to sign up, it's certainly not too late to donate. If you go on to uh, the, the Chapman Live Twitter account, I've retweeted a couple of tweets there, and we... we uh, uh, we, we've got a couple of our own our own members there doing the walk. Big Dave Lockwood, uh, the stadium announcer, comes on the show every now and then. He's doing the walk along with Terry Smith, uh, the ground of man of Chapman Live. I've uh, I'd, uh, when I donated this morning, I put on I put on the little message saying I'm more than happy for my money to go towards the wheelbarrow to take Terry around because <laughs> uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he survives at nine miles. Legends on the walk as well. You're going to see um, uh, you're you doing see- it then? <laughs> no, no. Oh. you're going to see. Uh, I'll probably be at Palace or something. <laughs> you're going to see. You're going to see Carl Lieburn, uh Paul Mortimer, Bob Boulder doing the walk. There's so there's so many good players there to, to go and watch. And Simon Webster, of course, former former Cholton captain. Uh, so if you if you get if you are on the walk, you'll get to speak to those guys. I've, I've certainly sending Terry armed with his microphone to, to get a few get a few interviews, few interviews with him. I, I spoke to Mortz at QPR, and he's got some forthright. For starters, he'll have some great stuff to say about the upbeats and about. Yeah. Charlton in the community and, and knowing what this club's about but he's also got some great stuff to say about how uh, rubbish we are at everything these days uh, football wise so, so that'll be a good interview as well so if you want to donate head over to uh, the, the Charlton Live Twitter you'll, you'll see down our timeline I've retweeted a, the link a, a couple of times or if not you can go onto the Charlton Live forum uh, they, they've got the link up there they're also doing a couple of um, auctions for uh, Chris Powell shirt Johnny Jackson shirt the, the, the couple I've noticed I think they've got a third one as well so you'll be able to donate um, you'll be able to bid for, for a, a signed Johnny Jackson shirt it's currently on about 450 quid I think so maybe even more okay. so yeah, deep into your pocket to, to help raise money I think they, they raised something like 15 grand last year and they're, they're not near that yet um, and obviously we want to try and get get near that so make sure you go on and, and donate and uh, we like so we, we got we got given something which has been sat in the studio for a few weeks now which we are we've been meaning to auction off for the Upbeats Radio so I think we're going to try and coincide it with the walk next week it's a signed Premier League shirt uh, you know, with the likes of Chris Powell, Matt Svensson on it, Jason, you all, all the big names. Uh, so we'll, you look out on the, on the, our Twitter and on the forum for that to, to, to bid for that. You know, hopefully, hopefully that'll go for a couple of hundred quid at least towards the, towards the upbeat. So, uh, yeah, d- donate basically. Yeah, go ahead. And I think, yeah, I'll just echo that by saying, you know, I know it's been a tough season on the pitch, but, you know, ignoring all of that, the trust continue to work incredibly hard and do fantastic <coughs> work behind the scenes and, you know, this isn't isn't. I know that some people are are not happy about their money going towards the club or anything like this. But this is different. This is money to going to towards. No, exactly. It. It's going towards a very worthy cause, and this is something. You know, if you're not giving your money at the club and you've got a bit of spare money as a result of that, then then honestly put it towards this because the the work that the trust do is just incredible for those people. So. Right. Just very quickly, um, also noticed on Twitter today that the proud valiants uh, had a a, uh, a story on the kick it out. Uh, which uh, website tackling uh, racism and discrimination? It's the LGBT uh, fan group for Charlton. They had their first meeting, their first sort of social event following the, the game against Birmingham on Saturday, the second of April. Uh, so, so that was really good. The, the local MP Matthew Penny uh, Cook went to that as well, and uh, he was uh, uh, put his weight behind it. He said it was fantastic to attend the first social event of the Proud Valiance. I felt it was important to offer my personal support. It was great to see so many passionate individuals in attendance that will help uh, drive the group forward. So if you want to find out more about the Proud Valiance, you can search for their... They're, they're on the Twitter as well, and we'll, we'll send out a tweet with their uh, handle so you can uh, get in contact with them and, and have a chat, because if, if you're interested in that, 
then 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 sign up and and, and go to go to the next social. We'll uh, we'll have them on the on the show at some point next season. I think uh, it's a bit too late this season. We'll have a little chat to find out what the group's all about. But anyway, right, we're going to be back in. What's turning out to be one of the longest big match previews we've ever done. It's not bad, because we're going to turn up with just a post-it note with about three things written on it this week. And uh, we're going to hear from Jose Riga ahead of this Saturday's game with Derby County. What do you think about a shot? No, he tees up Lookman into the penalty area. And there's number four! Adamola Lookman back in the team, back on the pitch and back on the score sheet. Charlton Live. Jose, we take on Derby at the Valley on Saturday. What's the mood been like around the training ground this week? Has it been difficult at all to pick the players up after last weekend's cruel defeat at QPR? Yeah, but it's not the first time after Ipswich. It was similar situation. I mean, um, we know that we, we normally deserve more than what we got from these two last games. Because uh, we perform very well and we create the most opportunities. So when I had to talk with the managers from both teams after the game, I recognized, of course, that if there is a winner, it must be Charlton. But anyway, uh, I mean, we have to play the next game to think positively, even in our situation. So why just focus on the next game and knowing that we are capable to do very good thing on the pitch. We are able to compete with uh, the best teams. It's about being realistic, effective enough to get the point that we show we want. Is that a positive that we can take? That although we only, although we only did take one point last week, our performance was was worthy of much more. Yeah, but it's it's similar that now few weeks or even more I mean uh, if I think about all the game we play together I cannot say that only one time for example we we, we, we receive points or we had points that we, we didn't deserve uh, most of the time just the opposite um, think about Preston for example we lose this game without really um, being in difficulty so there are many games and no one time we can say after the game oh we we won but we didn't deserve or just a little bit uh, of luck sometimes but okay that's the situation it's certainly the situation of team fighting for relegation so we can just affect the next game and not not the one we played already caps <coughs> 10 points now and I I suppose all we can do is concentrate on ourselves because we can't affect what other teams are doing. Yeah, I just uh, want to say that the, the same thing when, when, when I start. I mean, uh, I always repeat the same same thing. We have just to be focused on our results because the other results, we cannot affect them. So it's true that through the performances of, for example, Rodoram, who did very well the last few games, we are more in difficulty than normal. But um, what can we do? Just um, 
doing our job in a, in a professional way, uh, giving everything, um, and, and then be able to show that um, we still want the same, even, of course, of course. Uh, being realistic, it starts really to be very, very difficult. Um, but again, again, as professional, we we have to play the next game as it was the only game, and 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 we we have to show that we we want to get the best from from all of our game that we have to play till the end of the competition. That that the way uh, we have to do it just because it's our job, and I think that all the people around the club um, deserve that we we show uh, this commitment on the pitch. That's that's my my daily reality. Derby to come on Saturday. What kind of game are you expecting from them? Derby certainly with Middlesbrough, uh, one of the best team of the championship. We we it's not new. I mean we know all uh, his value as as team, um, as individualities of course, and they perform very well at this moment. So I expect of course a, a difficult game again. Again, I repeat, a very good team um, with a lot of possibilities in the in this squad. Of course, they they are able to create a lot of opportunities. They are very performant at this moment, so I expect a tough game. But again, I think that uh, what we showed the previous game show also that we can face even with the hardest challenge and and. We had the valley, and, and I just want to see my team doing uh, what they did the last game with, of course, a better result. That must give us some encouragement. In, you mentioned Middlesbrough, we beat them, we beat Birmingham. Whoever. Yeah, but again, the past is the past. I mean, uh, um, we have to think, and we know that we are able to, but it doesn't mean that the next game. It's going to be easy just because we beat Middlesbrough and Birmingham. It's a new story anytime, a new situation, a new game. So we just have to be to be prepared to face. I repeat, a very good, very good shape, very good team, and yeah, be able to show what what we are also capable to do. And that's what I expect from my players. On on Saturday, of course. After that, you know, as I told you, sometimes a little bit of luck <laughs> uh, can be the best thing that happened for us. And then, but luck is only coming when when you look for as much as you can. So that's what we have to do. Yeah, good Madsen missed last Saturday's game, and and Yaya Sonogo had to go off injured at QPR. Can we have either of those two? Available. It's too early to, to be able to say something. I think that Yaya quite sure that it will be too short for, for the game of Saturday. But we have still two days, so you never know. And for Johan, we will make tomorrow also the assessment we have to do. Um, it was part of the training, so we'll see on tomorrow. It's great to see Ahmed Kashi back. With the under-21s on Monday, a game that you were at, how do you think he played, and could we could we see him involved in the first team? Do you think before the end of the season? No, uh, we know Ahmed. He was working very hard to to be back 
before the end of the season. So he knew a lot of problems. We know all his mentality. So he was doing well during 45 minutes. Uh, but you know, there is another reality with the game we play and, and the game of under 21 or just a training session. So we we need to be sure that he, he can face with with a more difficult challenge because uh, coming from where he came, we don't want to take any risk. Of course not. So it was uh, Jose Riga discussing uh, Saturday's game with Derby with uh, club journalist uh, George Jones, big George Jones they called him. Uh, uh, didn't really say anything that, that I really care about anymore. To be honest, nah, there wasn't a huge amount you could say, was it? Really, he's just got a. He's right. We've got to concentrate on our own results, hope for a miracle. You know, if we if we win all our games, we've done all we can from now on, and that's that's how I guess they've got to look at it. But um, yeah, he's just got to try and keep keep positivity up, hasn't he, in the camp? But it's going to be tough because I'm sure a lot of those, certainly the senior players and the players that know enough about about it, will know that this you know we're done for. Yeah, yeah. So playing for pride now. Have we got any of that left? I guess so. Yeah, that's what we've got to hope. Um, Maybe the players will relax a little bit and come out of their shell, but it's maybe about, uh, for me, it's about maybe looking at some of the youth players now and, and seeing, trying to piece together the bits of this squad that we're hoping are going to stay for next year and and try and see what sort of squad we can get together with the players we've got. Because I'm sure, you know, behind the scenes, they're going to have an idea of the players, either they want to shift or they need to shift financially or the players that are simply just not going to want to be here next year. So it's a chance to look at them, I guess, and... Yeah, pride as well because you know Derby have got a lot to play for. Brighton have got a lot to play for. You know we've got to show them respect and and at least put up a fight against them. Mm. Uh, obviously, the one of the more interesting things about coming to home games these days is, is the process. And uh, uh, Card released a video today. Um, sounds like the process are going to be based on holidays. Uh, obviously aimed at Katrine's uh, ill-timed uh, trip to uh, Dubai. Uh, what would what do you reckon it's going to be? I have no idea. Do you reckon, ch- chucking. Lilo's on. Well, the I was going to say we'd be chucking beach balls, wouldn't it? But we've done yeah, that already, yeah. so no, I'm not sure. But you know, they're always good fun. I'm sure it's going to happen again. You know, and um, to be honest, it has helped with the atmosphere in recent weeks as well. Because the moment that that goes on, okay, the the chanting is about getting Roland out of the club, but it's been loud, it's been proud, it's been it's been really impressive. So if they can get that unity in again, there's no reason why the fans aren't going to get behind the club and battle on for another another good performance but um, yeah I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be I'm looking forward to seeing it myself yeah it should be interesting to find out they are very good at keeping this sort of things under wrap aren't they yeah. uh, right uh, prediction for Saturday's game with Derby County uh, just before we do that Darren Bent coming back oh uh, yeah should be nice his first return to the Valley since uh, since he left yeah well I was going to have us getting a, a big win but I'll have to add them a goal on now because he'll <laughs> obviously score yeah so what are you going for um, what should we go for it's Derby good. have won scored 8 in the last 2 yeah, they're due a do a bit of a slip off, aren't they? I'm gonna go three one Charlton. Three one Charlton, thank you. Who's your scorers? Um uh, Igor Igor and Jacko. Jacko, right. What one each? Um no, Igor for two and Jacko yeah. for one. Cool. Right, I'm gonna go for a three one defeat. 
Um, I think Callum Harriet deserves to go. He's played well recently, so I'm going to give one to to big Callum Harriet. Right, that's pretty much all the time we've uh, we've got on this uh, on this um, uh, big match preview. Uh, Tom, thanks for joining us here at the Valley. Cheers, Louis. My name's Louis Mendez. Uh, let's hope that the Addicts can continue this average run of form as we try and stay up, which we're not going to do. Come on, you Reds. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.